Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 181, episode 2 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Tuesday, April 20th, 2021, 420, buddy. Uh-huh. I'm cool, uh, and you can tell. Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Yeah, I'm speed, speedballing. Uh, that is courtesy of Tom Petty and Justin Brodzik 14. And yeah, Miles mentioned uh, his speedball song, and I thought I'd, you know, mention mine, my favorite speedball. Go. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. No, AKA today. I just want to use this space to say, "Fuck Stan Kroenke." <laughs> Fuck the owners of Manchester United, Liverpool, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, AC Milan, Inter Milan, uh, who else? Juventus. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. You also got... Oh, Chelsea, Liverpool. Chelsea, I was going to say. Yeah, Liverpool. Tottenham as well. Uh, and that them. other club. Yeah. Fuck, Fuck all of these... I mean, look, the sport is already fucked up with capitalism and all that, the corporate greed. But this right. shit went to a whole other fucking level. Level. That is, these motherfuckers, don't, I, they truly, it's it's one of those, these moves people don't even, they don't even understand how fans will react. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. We don't, don't give care. a fuck. And we'll get into that later. But anyway, I just want to say that. Yeah. Fuck these people. It's all, it's all of a piece with what we've learned over the past decade with the stock market just not responding at all to people losing their jobs they're just like oh you guys don't oh yeah we can do this without y'all yeah we can do this (laughs) we're fine have you not read atlas shrugged because it's the only book that we've read i do i feel like people who are real big ayn rand fans have never read anything else and don't need to yeah don't need to man (laughs) like what else what else could i possibly learn also uh I thought you were going to go with the AKA that was what you were known as for many years of your life, Miles Rocky Gray. My, I look, this is our guest today. I think I and I spoke about this, my love of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you know, Blasian adjacent and Blasian representation was always big, so I had a few Tiger Woods and The Rock very early on. Mm-hmm. And I I found my old eighth grade diploma where my middle I replaced my literal <laughs> middle name with Rocky in quotations, like I was some kind of fucking rapper or some shit. Anyway, <laughs> big shout ASAP. out to the future president, twenty twenty four. That rules. Uh, well, the aforementioned guest today is the brilliant, the oh, hilarious, yeah. the talented Molly Lambert. What's up? Eight one eight represent. Yeah, yeah, we're all here. Miles, I have a question for you. Yeah, did anyone actually call you Rocky? No, <laughs> nope. That was just for me. Were you trying to get people? Were you trying to make nope. it catch on? Nope. Just felt that was that was my place to do it somewhere that was on paper. So that was the most committed you ever were to the nickname was on your diploma. Uh, that and like doing the eyebrow, you know. Right. People are like, is something wrong with Miles's? Face? Yeah, like he Does he have a Twitch shocked. or something? <laughs> like, got frozen like that. Uh, no, right. I just it was about that. I would wear um, I would wear a definitely a wristband on my elbow, like a sweatband on my uh-huh. elbow. That uh-huh. was half, you know, because I was kind of baller style of the late '90s, early aughts was wristbands and shit. Yeah, so yeah. I would Nelly. wear. Yeah, and like no, even before that, you know, we had the the wristies or whatever. Uh, but I would have that on. That was also a shout out to the the people's elbow. So you know, <laughs> a few things. Yeah. 
subtle glasses. I would wear the glasses. Subtle illusions. That, yeah, maybe uh, not subtle at all. I <laughs> walked around thinking I was this asshole. For right. Good eight Calling months. everybody jabronis and Oh hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell oh yeah. yeah man. Or I just heard say it doesn't matter what your name is or something. It shit. doesn't it was, matter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about like, that yeah. remix with Wycliffe, y'all? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Woo! Asking people awful. questions and then before they can answer, <laughs> it <Yeah>. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just being like, sorry, yeah. man, you asked. Uh, Some go people fuck are jabronis, though. And it's true. 100%. Yeah. And, yeah. and the culture has lost sight of that, I think, in general. Like that we, uh, there are people who are undeniably and unrepentant, unreformed jabronis, jabronis to this day. One or yeah, just fucking total jabronskis. And I think because <laughs> we have no shame, we need to bring the jabroni back because there's nothing you can call. You can't even call racist yeah. people. We're getting to that point with racists where they're like, and, and you're like, oh <laughs> right. fuck, yep, see, okay, so there's no shame out here. Yeah, so I wonder a, maybe we need jabroni. Call, yeah, call yeah. him a jabroni. Confuse the hell out of them. What? Yeah. Like, hey, are you jabroni? <laughs> oh, okay. All right, jabron. Let's get it. Let's get going here. Come on, buddy. Jabron James. All right, Molly, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. But first, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today. Uh, I think we're just going to devote the whole episode to uh, that. Whatever the soccer thing Miles was talking about was. Now nah, we'll, we'll we'll dig into some people have. We, I'll, I'll help you understand because it, Please. it's it's. It's really it's a it's it's going to upset the global balance like the Iraq war did, <laughs> but with with, with much higher deaths. stakes, right. much higher stakes. Right. No, but it's it's some it's really cataclysmic. shit. All right. We're going to talk about uh, the six mass shootings over the weekend and just where we're at with gun reform. Uh, we're going to talk about how the Derek Chauvin coverage is panning out, how people are anticipating the. Uh, jury decision verdict, verdict i think is the word mm, that mm. uh other people use but i try not to. <laughs> we're gonna I'm, talk I'm about in a post verdict world <laughs> i'm in a post uh, verdict world we're gonna talk about uh what's happening in florida we're gonna talk about that soccer thing we're gonna talk about the roe v wade movie uh all of that plenty more but first molly we like to ask our guest what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are what you're up to uh yeah, I I was looking up C pair because uh Anna and I we do a show called Deckheads Chief Stews on Tuesday nights, Anna Hosnia, fellow Zeit Gang uh, affiliate. And we were talking about like pear soda Ooh. and mm. uh because we drink weird things on the show because it's on Twitch. We like to drink weird things out of martini glasses and mm. uh I bought uh, a pear soda at a Armenian market, but I sent her a picture of something else that was like a sea buckthorn drink, and she was like, "Is that pear? What is that? No. What it? What are those words? Would you say a sea buckthorn? Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, sea buckthorn is a plant. It's like underwater berries. Okay. And uh, people drink it. People make a juice out of it and drink it. Wow. So yeah, sometimes I was I was looking up a lot of like weird juice. Why can't I imagine anything being like sweet that comes from the ocean? I think I guess because everything's just so salty. I don't know that there. it is sweet. I think it's like okay. weird and tangy, and it's more about the supposed health benefits. I had never heard of it as a plant, but apparently, it's like the number one 
health drink in like Russia and Ukraine. Oh, awesome. Mm. I feel like we got to there's got to be like some piece of good news where they like discover, oh, shit, this is this thing that lives in the Marianas Trench is the like most healthy plant. Yeah, it's supposed it's to abundant. be good for heart health, allegedly. But it's one of those things where it's like there's no real proof, you know? Right. Yeah, right. But maybe. Yeah. You know, I feel good. So, yeah, am I just going to draw that connection? Yeah. There it is. No, I do feel like it's like whenever they find a plant in the rainforest and it's like it cures some very specific disease, you know? And Mm -hmm. you're like, why would that be true? Why would there be a plant that just has something in it that's like good for that disease? (laughs) Nature's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Molly, what is something you think is overrated? Well... I am a member of a group called No Olympics LA. We're trying to get the Los Angeles 2028 games canceled because it's a really bad idea and it'll bring in like three times as many cops, partner with ICE, everything bad. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted to say the Olympics in general, super overrated. Would you believe they're doing the 2020 Olympics now? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. Nobody how. wants it. That's the thing is uh, the 2020 Olympics were supposed to be in Tokyo 2020. They uh, obviously didn't happen because of coronavirus. They postponed it a year because basically when you sign up to have your city have the Olympics, you're just on the hook for whatever right. amount of money. Right. Um, I already spent that money. So. I already spent the $20 billion <laughs> over budget. Right. It is now. Yeah. Um, so they really are insisting on doing it, but like nobody in Japan wants it. There's been polling and like 70% of people plus are like, we don't want this right now because um, coronavirus is totally back in Japan. They're having like a fourth wave. Yeah. Like a lot of the rest of the world, they are not done with coronavirus because uh, America hoarded all the vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just like, well, hold on. Let's just make sure all of the other ones suck bad enough and then we'll give you some of them. Yeah, so they're <laughs> doing the torch race right now, the torch relay. Which oh, uh, are they? Yeah, it started already. Wow. Which we uh we hate the torch relay for many reasons, including that it was invented by the Nazis Hitler for the yeah. 1936 Olympics. But they're doing it now, and it keeps how ha- you know they might have to like cancel stops because coronavirus is not so... because Hitler like started it. No, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, how about that? Hey, I whoa, mean, whoa, hold on. Have we thought of, wait, do, do y'all remember who started this one? Yeah. <laughs> do you think oh, there's yeah. anything fascist about a giant torch being carried between uh, across the countries, land. across yeah. the land? Uh, the, so, yeah. It still, does it, is it the, the one, it starts in Greece and then ends up? Yeah, the would venue? you is believe it it's uh, because they wanted to show the legacy of, like, Western history from uh, Greece to Germany in 1936? Mm-hmm. But it's still creepy now, and yeah, they uh, are also preparing to dump a bunch of nuclear radioactive water in Fukushima because this was supposed to be the quote-unquote recovery games because it's 10 years after the earthquake and nuclear disaster. Would you believe the area hasn't recovered and that doing a big tourist event there won't help? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to... Oof. Also, turns out nobody really cares about the Olympics. People didn't really notice they weren't happening. And now that they are happening, nobody really noticed. Yeah. Just make them in one spot. Just fucking 
do that if you want to yeah. make that. it Create work Olympic or village that is specifically in one place in the middle of nowhere. It's got to be just... it's got to be worker owned, though, too. It's got to yeah, be athlete right. owned. It can't be the International Olympic Committee because they are a bunch of war criminals. Kind okay, of a... what, OK, how about this? What about Visa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be sick. That's true. Because you can't even put a face to it. It's like Visa. You know what I mean? How, how bad could they be? Hey, that's what we say about every company. And then you know. <laughs> like, like, what are they? Uh-oh. You whoops. know. <laughs> so I'm assuming yeah. the torch relay is like a chance for local advertisers to like get in on whatever the grift is. It's 2020 all, Tokyo grift. Yeah, it's, to siphon money from the local people. You mean like. They right. don't even. They always say like, oh, we're going to help the locals. And then they don't do that. It's all like super corporate at the top level. So. Right. Although, well, like, to be fair, gonna... there are. There's at least two photo shoots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. There's Which two are photo like, shoots, and then they like stay those up. Those are huge. A, I'm, yeah. I'm putting this shovel on this ground in the ground with this ribbon on it. <laughs> well, and yeah. we fucked off forever. <laughs> no, and you can see there's like there's like 1984 Olympics photos in LA up at restaurants and stuff sometimes. Uh, but there's also a lot of people who went yeah. to jail. I like that. I like that the. Olympic torch is like the on cultural plateau with uh, the giant scissors cutting a a big opening <laughs> of a building and like a person digging breaking ground. Like yeah, the, things that literally nobody except for like a handful of corporate executives give a shit about. But yep, yeah. And then you use that as part of a annual report on philanthropy, and you can pat yourself on the your big shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's all. That's it's all a grift. It's all a big old grift and uh, Tokyo, Tokyo 2020 grift. Tokyo, also, Tokyo, at the Tokyo same Tokyo time, grift. I feel like it's, it's the like in terms of entertainment, watching the torch run by through your town is the equivalent of like going down to the docks and waving goodbye to a boat that is. Oh, being you can't even off. do it. They sell the <laughs> ticket. The tickets are all like given out to, to rich people way before there's no like <laughs> and no like, regular what is the people entertainment are... value does anybody <laughs> actually go it's because you spent fifteen thousand dollars on your visa in three no months. literally they're like oh you know locals can come watch a torch relay and then it is always just like rich people who paid a lot to be there get to come and sit there, there. it goes yeah it's i mean going. The, yes. la, LA 84 fast motion like it's a 1900s like newsreel la 84 it was run in by oj Hey, and absolutely. What could be more emblematic? Right. Yeah, yep. damn right. And I think they should have it run in by him again. And completely agree. Uh, when it's yeah, but we're not going to let it happen in 2028 because right. we're out in these streets. Yes. What is something you think is underrated? Underrated. I'm going to go wombats. Ooh, whoa! Wombat. Really into wombats. Why? Uh, what happened? They're cute. And funny, and their poop is a square. That is truly one of the most amazing things. Oh, right. I remember that on Creature Feature. Yeah. Or maybe it comes up all the time when you go on Creature Feature, but I remember being on a poop-shaped episode, and that I was like, I was about to be like, are they the cube poopers? Yeah, and the only ones of any animal. And they're just kind of cute little chonkos. Recommended. Wombat. What is... What a... Are there, where are they? Uh, like, where, where do we got to go to see them? Australia, Tanzania. Though? Tanzania. Tasmania. Yeah. Tasmania. Oh, shit. Sorry, Maria not Island. All right, mate. We're on our way then. They are oh, pretty yeah, cute. They... 
Are they uh they they poop little charcoal bricks? Sorry, not Tanzania, Tasmania. Please edit me out saying Tanzania. Nope, it's so a, that... because I corrected nope, you and I get to feel superior. It's in there forever. Uh, Justin, don't cancel don't target. Identified. <laughs> identified. Cancel target. Identified. Cancel target. Identified. I didn't know. I, I mix up the countries that wombats are from. <laughs> no, all good. Yeah. All right. We'll cut that out because I think it's the quicker we can go into my uh, offensive Australian accent. The yes, better. the better. Also, Zeitgang loves it when we discuss poop up top. And I do just have to circle back uh, and mention that it's not perfect cubes. They do look like charcoal bricks. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or brownies. Uh, but yeah, wasn't there like a Reese's chocolate wombat infection that was you know, like that? That was almost oh, uh, like a s'moresy type. Anyway, yeah, I'm trying to. I Well, it's ruined now. <laughs> it look. shouldn't be. They're look just as delightful to me either way in either context. <laughs> How big um, can they get? They kind of look. They're big. They're big. They're bigger than you think. Yeah, looking at this one photo, I'm like, oh, yeah. They could maybe they, fuck you up a little bit. And they build these huge burrows. They're basically like groundhogs, but like giant. So they have these big old burrows. And there was a cool story about how during some wildfires, a bunch of other animals were able to hide out in their burrows. Oh, right. Yeah. Like the news made it seem like the wombats were like, "Oh, come into me burrow." Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. But um, it's just that their burrows are so big that there's like enough room for some other animals to like hide out in there during the fires right. and uh, survive. They were actually like really terrible to the other animals that were like seeking <laughs> refuge. Like, get the fuck out, mate! <laughs> this ain't your burrow, mate. Well, like, oh shit. They also um, they like kick like donkeys. So oh, cool. When they want to oh, like. Wow. They'll like run when someone's chasing them, they'll run them up to their burrow and then they'll like put their face in the burrow and just go like bonk. And they have a plate in their ass that they can just use to go like bonk. Old plate ass. Oh, wow. That, pr- that plate ass. I mean, I-, I figured they must have some really like aggro defense feature because spherical poop is the least uh, surface area. So that's like an animal being like, please don't find me. And then cubicle poop is like, come get I'm me. here, motherfucker. Come get at yeah. Me. It's like, right. come find the big yeah. square Please. ass this came from. I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> gonna go. Come yeah, test my plated ass. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with some news. And we're back, and the mass shootings continued through the weekend apace. There were shootings in Nebraska, Texas, Louisiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Ohio over the weekend. Just over over the weekend. Holy fuck. Yeah. yeah. When you say them all back to back like that, it is insane. Like, oh, America reopened, and that's how they uh, reopened. Yeah. That's over the weekend since... Indianapolis. Yeah. And then 47 since Atlanta. Yeah. And that's by that's the metric of four people being injured or killed, not including the shooter. So if you went to three, I can't only imagine how many more that would be. As uh sort of staggering as this is, like 2020, which is the year that keeps getting referred to, and we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating because this story has become the 
way to talk about gun violence is like the number of mass shootings. 2020 was as bad. Uh, it was the worst year in American history for uh, shootings, or at least the worst year in like decades for even though uh, people even weren't the, out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the mass shootings went away because there weren't crowds of people. But, you know, low profile shootings, a.k.a. shootings affecting communities of color were up wildly in 2020. And does the it media just, just didn't cover get it. worse every year? It doesn't. Uh, it's kind of sporadic, but it, it seems like and there we have seen cases where it went down by a lot when there were like those assault rifle bans or at least mass shootings went down by a lot. But really? it's just weird because there's like these different things. We talk about mass shootings and that's the type of gun violence that kind of captures the attention. So that gets covered as if it is gun violence. But then there's all this other gun violence that's happening that the media just completely ignores. And either either direction that you want to take that information, it means that the gun violence problem is just so, so much worse than we are willing to admit, like in right. the plus, in the mainstream. Uh, plus the old the old police. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's they, not even counting them. Yeah. Yeah. Doing... They shot and killed a thousand people in, or almost a thousand people in twenty twenty. And there's usually more gun deaths by suicide every year. I don't know. Like that I keep coming back to the idea that guns need to be treated like a public health crisis. Like they're it, the argument and pushback you always hear is that, well, they're like everywhere. Nobody like you're not going to get people to stop using guns or like having guns everywhere. Like, but with smoking, like generations ago, it seemed like, well, everybody smokes and you're not going to get people to stop smoking. But it's, you know, we we've had success just by putting legislations and like rules and laws in place. Yeah, well, you know, we need legislation. You know, we need like politicians that do things because yeah. the, the filibuster in place still yeah and even though like there's clearly not a fucking third rail issue to talk about gun control right now based on like how many people are like what the fuck is this like what's going on we just still have this pack of jokers who are just like wanting they're like the concern is be like overplaying their hand in terms of introducing legislation that would keep us safe. Yeah, everybody's guns. always like, the midterms. What about the midterms? If we try to ban guns and... What about right. people dying? Man, fuck your midterms. What right? are you talking about? Also, when you said we got to treat it like a public health crisis, I'm like, I don't know that we're good at that either. Right. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. Though, I mean, just more in the context. Whatever in the context, is, like I when mean, you think, think about smoking, like <clears throat> that was something that... Uh, we were at a part at a point where the you know people were just allowing themselves to be lied to. Like we're at, we're at that point before when like cigarette companies were like, well, tobacco doesn't lead to cancer, and politicians were just like, well, they said so, so we're not well, gonna. Now we got now yeah. we got vaping. Right, and it's like decades and decades ago, and I, I think we have like a long time to go to. Problem is also the lobbyists and stuff because oh for sure yeah if something makes money in America it's really hard to get people to stop doing it yeah. there's a whole industry to being like oh uh, no we're we're all for keeping the spigot open in yeah. fact turning it wider so even more if money it goes like out. doesn't make money but there's the potential for it to make money yeah 
hard. It's never to close that off. Yes. And if you are, then you're an activist usually. On the other side, the library's like, no, open fucking all the fucking way. No, don't fucking stop no matter what. And yeah, this is what we're looking at. They've somehow convinced. I mean, it's not even that the lobbyists are convincing politicians because this the sort of psychology of the politicians we have is just these like lame ass. It's also just celebrities the psychology of Americans, like we saw with the public health crisis, too. It's like people are like, uh, my personal freedoms are the most important thing. And me being able to do whatever I want all the time is yeah. all I care about. Mm-hmm. What a really uh, bummer 420 this is so far. <laughs> look, man, you know, it's like that way. Look, you can't say you put you buried your head in the sand this 420. You could have man. a good one. You know, That's yeah, right, man. man. There's no escapism. That's right, bro. Oh, I hope you're not smoking weed to escape, man. I hope you're doing it to make everything more vivid. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fucking intense I am. Was that your rock voice coming in a little bit? Uh, I don't know. What do you mean? Like the rock Johnson? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. I, I, it's been years. It's been years since I've, I've attempted Dwayne. Come on, man. Give it to us one time. Um, for the gonna... millions <laughs> and millions. That is more wow. Dwayne. Yeah, you couldn't even you do so it much. into the microphone. Yeah. No, because you turn it away. Because the power would have been too much for the listeners. And you got to get yeah. that eyebrow up. You know what I mean? And take, you got to fucking, yeah. you got to take you in that applause like character. a fat line of cocaine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's smelling. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Cocaine. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I did want to talk about how uh, the impending verdict, as some people call it, uh, in the Chauvin trial is being covered by the mainstream media. It's like you're you're seeing a lot about like Minnesota on edge with like photographs of police in like riot gear and like batting down the hatches. And like it's I don't know, it feels like a weird like way to cover a case where the the question is about whether somebody did something that we all saw them do on camera and like that they just like kind of leave that out i don't know if it's because they're like the media is not supposed to influence like a jury or something but it it just feels like the possibility that they let someone who committed murder on camera like get away with it and the fact that he's guilty on camera of murdering someone is sort of left unspoken they're just focusing on the possibility of like what happens if he's acquitted and or there's a hung jury which like seems like you're kind of covering a story assuming one of the major elements of the story decides to stop cohering to any logic right which i guess is history like so one way the new york times covered it almost like a 538 thing where they did like a an analysis of priors and all the different ways that the judicial system has fucked up very similar cases of people uh obviously murdering people of color on camera um and but and they were like here's one way it could go here's another this is why we think like the fact that they had a police <clears throat> witness is like important but um i don't know they don't they don't follow it up with a discussion of like how clearly broken and white supremacist the system is. And some of the accounts, some of the cases that they describe are just like 
beyond infuriating. And I know this is like the journalistic, like, well, we don't say, we just say, well, how they're it like, is. gotta we see don't... both sides. And right. it's like, there are not two sides to this. Right. Yeah. They did it. It's on video. If people are denying that it happened, it's because they're so invested in white supremacy and policing that, you know, it's like uh, propaganda. They'll just be like, yup, I didn't right. see it. Well, yeah, that's not you what know. he did. Just because he's he's just trying to get control of a suspect. That's what happens. So we shouldn't, uh, you know, just interact with cops or whatever. Because I'm so cop brained. And the yeah. whole gamification of it is because they don't see black life as human life. That's right. the only reason you can be like, no team has come back from three games down in a series. Right. To or- they're what like, the fuck are you talking? They must about? have done something to warrant it happening. So right. therefore, breaking the law to beat the shit out of somebody. I mean, it just all is the Rodney King trial. Right. To to say like, yes, that I think that needs to be underlined more that we're that there's a pattern here. Not like never ever has a white cop been convicted. That that's I think it's fair analysis as a journalist, even if you're playing both sides, to observe that and say this is a very rare occurrence in the right. United States because of this. If they did convict some of the racist cops occasionally they'd be able to be like look people get punished when they break the law even police officers but they won't even do that it's like no if you're in the police you can just do whatever you want and there's no punishment Mm -hmm. yeah there's no consequences so of course that doesn't motivate people to stop yeah breaking the law yeah, it's it's again, it, that's how the media functions to protect white supremacy, because it has a hand in removing the terminology from the discourse by saying a city on edge. Right. A city oh, my on God. Edge. The, the, yeah. the state of lakes feel filled with the tears of Minnesotans on right. edge. Right. Like it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Because you're turning, you're just turning it into like you're just like you're trying to explain something complex to a child, and you're not giving them the full picture. Well, because you're being like, oh, what about what about property? What about property getting vandalized? You know, what could be worse than that? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe killing somebody who is innocent and uh, minding their business because you're a racist. No, no, no. Okay, so now we're in opinion territory because you said our word. Yeah, go over to the opinion (laughs) page. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not like this feels like a like the entire like old school journalistic apparatus like has this thing where it like separates the stuff out, but it just leaves this surreal experience of reading a story where the most important factor is just left unspoken like if you just read this story about all these police getting off it's like you you would just be like wait wait, what why is why is this happening they keep murdering people in this story and then getting let off and you're saying that that might happen again but like it's never addressed it's just kind of like i guess implied but that just feels insufficient to the moment to then crush you so you're like it's to be like just give up Right. Mm-hmm. Let's let the state roll us. Yeah. That's what yeah. they want. Well, speaking of things that remain legal and things that will be made illegal, Florida is moving forward with its Combating Violence, Disorder, and Looting and Law Enforcement Protection Act. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're 
they're, you know, making it illegal to exercise your First Amendment rights uh, Mm -hmm. by essentially saying, like, um, let's protect the police so that way anyone else that doesn't like it when poor people and allies get together to voice their displeasure, they can just do whatever the fuck they want and make it mad illegal. Uh, and yeah, this this will just be great. This is how we combat any kind of progress. So the things that it's doing is essentially just make it makes it a third degree felony when seven or more persons are involved in an assembly and cause damage to property or injury right. to other persons. That's just how the fuck are you supposed to know anything about how uh, a demonstration can go or bad faith people who are just doing it on their own shit, whatever it is. There's no way to know and to say Okay, now we're going to put give all these all these people with felonies. Uh, on top of that, I think one of the things that's been pointed out for the most is about that essentially makes it legal to drive through people or a crowd if you feel like you're fleeing for your own safety from a mob, making right. the driver not liable for any injury or death. Like it's the and on and also you can hit people with RICO charges if you organize or fund an assembly that goes disorderly or whatever they're essentially saying hey we're here to completely dead this shit so no matter what you have the threat of a felony we'll take your fucking benefits from you and your kids because you went to a protest those are the threats now hanging over people kind of seems like we live in a failed state oh 100 yeah because now yeah because well i mean i think the second you're saying uh pointing out that things are bad is illegal right oh oh Oh, that's what this shit. They said, if you want to come out and say, we don't like this shit, it's on. I mean, also, like, given how demonstrations go, when they say, if it gets violent or disorderly, it's usually the police. Actually, it's always the police that instigate, kettle, and do whatever the fuck they got to do to start turning shit up to justify whatever their own escalation is. So this is like, it's a, they've just created a feedback loop to be like, yeah, man, this is, if they're out there and y'all are out there, it's fucking on and they're all getting felonies and it's just whatever happens fucking happens because we've completely changed the law. And to take it to this point too, because it is a failed state, it is also, it's just like the last step in trying to preserve this myth that is central to policing, which is that investment in armed protectors is going to create the kind of safety that people desire or need rather than giving everyone the peace of mind of being materially supported and taking away the chaos of lack of needing of not being supported that that is how you're going to create safety not we need more fucking goons man that's the problem shit's gone out of control it's gone it's not gone out of control y'all have fucked up so bad you failed all these people and you act why everybody is so upset because they don't have anything so Again, solving problems in America by just creating new ones and becoming a never-ending revenue stream that gets just menial results. So, is this like what? So, is this going to be enacted into law like immediately, or how how does that work? I mean, I'm assuming it will eventually succeed, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure he it's going to be sent to his desk to be signed. Right. So it will be signed into law. Uh, I mean, it's people are like, there's going to be a lot of lawsuits and shit. But yeah, it's the, you know, they control, the Republicans control the Florida Senate and House. So it's boom, boom, one after the other. So, I mean, it's again, there seems to be this 
overall structure where the police are so petty and so fragile. And if like somebody says something mean to them, they get to like start uh, shooting at them with uh, shooting projectiles at them that can crack their skull and shit. And like when you look at the number of police that uh, shot and killed people, it was like close to a thousand in 2020. When you look at the number of police that were shot and killed, there was like I found this on like a police news uh, site and it was like 45 unacceptable. This is like ridiculous. Like the and it's just there's this imbalance of like how they want things to be viewed that is yeah like all racists they have a victim complex where they're like i'm the real victim right Mm -hmm. in this situation people calling me a racist is uh worse than me being one right yeah uh, just, and yeah. also the democrats aren't doing shit to stand up to the police either that's the problem no. also yeah. no there's no opposition party uh, no and the ones that are even like to the left of democrats they just get shushed out and they're just yeah. like no, no don't say that yeah we, we can't like, we don't like that yeah because policing is also just intertwined with the history of slavery in america so Talking about uh, police is just it unearths a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, the propaganda machine would prefer right. we not discuss being integral to the financial success of America. Much, yeah. Much like the Olympic torch marathon. Pretty much. They're don't like, look, don't look too far back why that started. Look at the look at the uh, coordinated uh, ceremony of everybody marching in lockstep. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, again, this is just, it's all, we just run into the same fucking problems because capitalism won't allow for stability because there's no money in that. Right. And because of that, we have to come up with these ridiculous fake solutions that just cause more problems or just look different enough to like, oh, that's new. But you're just spending money on fucking robot dogs. Now, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Just like with climate change, like rather than properly investing in the shit that we needed to reduce emissions we're more like how what kind of technologies can we use to fucking fight the earth it's like what the <laughs> fuck are we doing oh a hundred percent yeah just so backwards at every step and it and I, you know you'd hope more and more people begin to see the absurdity of it because on its face it's so ab- absurd like there's nothing you can say that you're like, oh, yeah, this is a line to the solution. Absolutely. No, everything yeah. is so absurd, but it feels like dissent just keeps being criminalized. So it's like, right. What are you supposed to do? Right. right. I mean, hope. I don't know. You do know. a goddamn podcast here on Thank independent you. media where we can say. <laughs> exactly. Whoops. Fuck, fuck the police. Yes, yes. Yeah. At least say that here. I was just thinking of when, when you mentioned the Olympic torch in the context of like uh profitability i was just thinking back at like the one memorable moment from that was muhammad ali like at the atlanta olympics like running the final oh right stretch running the torch up to whoever like lit the arrow and fired it at the thing or maybe he actually ran right up to the torch but it's just funny to think about like that was when he entered his it's been long enough that his radicalism is like now. Yeah. Well, you see that happen. That they do that like with profitable. the Olympics a lot, too, where they right. bring in people that, uh, you know, the athletes who did the Black Power salute at the mm-hmm. Mexico Olympics. You know, obviously the Olympics fucking hated that at the time. Uh, and also their police murdered a bunch of students. 
during that one. But yeah, it's like if it's been long enough, then they try to co-opt it into the commercialism. I feel like we also saw this in real time last year with the Black Lives Matter movement being yeah. like co-opted by corporations, but like with no material invent no with nothing right. with just like a statement but no you right. know nothing nothing behind it and and trying to corporatize it in order to sort of neutralize it as an actual radical threat that was wild to see happen so so fast and right. also people yeah. being pissed at it and being like fuck this you know yeah the pepsi fuck commercial was ahead of its time yeah all right Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back and uh, it's time to talk about a couple sports. One is a, an obscure one, uh, soccer, I believe it's called in Europe. Uh, I call it football. Oh, uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, what? So what's going on, man? You 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 seem worked up about this whole soccer thing going down. <laughs> really worked up. Really seem, fucking worked up. You seem real real mad, Miles. I mean, I start off by acknowledging the global capitalist perversion that is all professional sports. So yeah. I'm not here to be like shocked by anything that I'm about to say because this has been on trend with every sport on earth, and and, and soccer especially. Like just the World Cup itself is is a joke uh but we're also find ourselves in a time where we're asking uefa and fifa to save the sport which is how bad things are at the moment so there's this thing that's trending right now that you might see called the european super league and everyone like, what the fuck is this it's all over twitter and shit it's because uh it's been trending since sunday because 11 of europe's top clubs plus another team called tottenham have decided to collectively fuck over the rest of football and they're advocating for a breakaway league that would operate outside of the traditional domestic league structure. So, you know, as it stands, teams like Arsenal or like they play in the English Premier League, which is governed by the English Football Association. So and they're under UEFA, who is like is the union of uh, the European Football Associations. And in Real Madrid or Barcelona, they they play in the Spanish La Liga. And so what they're trying to do is say, fuck our domestic leagues. Since we're the hot boys, and I'm sorry, Arsenal and Tottenham are not doing that great right now. So I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do with these other teams. But they, they're they trying to say, let's start our own league and synergistically create all of this revenue for TV and things because we are the biggest clubs in the world. But the real thing is that what they're trying to do is create a league that has absolutely zero competition, zero like merit. It's like just barely any merit-based achievement because they're trying to create like an NFL or NBA type structure where the teams are locked. They can never be relegated. And that's a big factor in European football and just football globally is that there's this idea that the bottom three teams that finish in the league, they can be relegated to like the minor leagues. And then the minor leagues, the top three teams can now move up to the top level. So it creates all this competition where potentially your little club could make its way all the way to the Premier League or all the way to like these, you know, higher European or global competitions. But by doing this, they're essentially saying we're locking it up. There's no competition. We're going to make way more money and fuck the domestic leagues. And it's upsetting to many people. 
And it'll be like 12 teams, like just 15 total uh, is what they want to have it as. It's just it it doesn't make any fucking sense um, because it's, it's just it's just to it's just to create this like NFL NBA type structure where right. it's the same fucking teams every year. And it do, there's no incentive to perform like if you always know you're going to get your big like TV money check at the end of the season or the beginning of the season. And this is being so who's doing this? Because there's like all this great tradition They're like the kind of the fact that a team can come up from the minors and become a major league team. And then like other teams can get knocked back down is like one of the features that you hear fans like talk about lovingly. Obviously, it's not this pressure is not coming from the fans. Is it like the the players it sounds no. european super league sounds like a wwe wrestling org where yeah. like the one of the tag teams has leader hosen and the other one has like <laughs> is like dressed in tuxedos with a rose yeah, in like their an mouth english bobby yeah. or something right right yeah it's no it's precise it's the owners of the clubs it's like the Agnelli, uh who is the owner of juventus he owns fiat his family owns fucking fiat oh, cool. okay there's yeah. stan Kroenke who owns a stake in arsenal who owns the Rams, who owns the Avalanche, who owns the fucking all, all many teams, who's also married to a Walton. So he's tied up in Walmart money. Damn. The Glazers uh, own Manchester United. There's the fucking FSG, the Fenway Sports Group that owns Liverpool. Americans have infested European football, along with many other people, because Manchester City is owned by uh, like this Emirati group. And there's a lot of people just completely changing the course of the game where they see these as profit making clubs because the sport is so popular and now they're willing to completely potentially rip these like it won't even matter that Manchester United is from Manchester because in this the way this league could operate you could see like Barcelona play Man United in at fucking in San Francisco this weekend oh really like, well, what the fuck it would just be that? wherever it, it yeah it has the potential for that kind of thing that's why they like they see all this money making potential but the fans don't want that. And I think that's the biggest thing is that they don't realize fans absolutely do not want this. They like the idea that their team can go on and be the you know best team in Europe uh, just based on the strength of like the way the league is set up. Now, money has been changing the game pretty steadily since the early 2000s, um, where just wealthy owners have just been able to come in and completely change teams over because there's no salary cap. So you can right. make over a team with your money. But a lot of this too is is it's like a lot of negotiating between the owners who want a lot more money from these governing bodies like UEFA and FIFA and I think what they're doing is saying we could literally do this shit right now if you don't come to the negotiating table and we will and that's why we're that's why we're getting so ugly about it because that's what we're trying to do but I'm hoping that the clubs are all crushed with sanctions mine included I don't care right. if Arsenal are fucking just skull fucked to hell with you know being relegated being kicked out of competitions to feel that impact because i don't know it, it's it's an absolute overstep and it's i don't know what else to say it's just more more greed uh unchecked greed and it's spilling into fucking every aspect of my life yeah any like sports is one of those kind of ecosystems where billionaires who are like uniquely ill-suited to make decisions are the ones who get to make all the decisions. Like you have to be a billionaire just to start making the decisions in the first right. place. Like it's not like 
you're the wisest person. Right, where you're, there's a part where you're like working your way up. It's like you become a billionaire, you like leave the planet Earth in terms of logic and, you know, being able to understand the human experience and then you become an owner. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm not hopeful. I'm not hopeful, but it's definitely, yeah, it's an inflection can, point that there's no escape arriving at. Yeah. There's nothing. There's no escapism. That's what we keep coming back to. Yeah, truly. Cause like, even if, you know, even like you watch formula one and you're like, Oh my God, what is this fucking like all human rights violators like right. just being like celebrated in car form yeah. um, and like everything, like at every level, you know what I mean? And I think this potentially has an interesting moment because I feel like the players, that's one thing they don't realize is if the players are willing to move in a certain direction together, that could potentially change what this European super league looks like. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, these people also like fucking money. I don't know. It, that's why it's going to be interesting right yeah. now. It's just the first shot has been fired and there's going to be ton of like threats and being sued. And, you know, right now they're saying like, if to the players, if you play for one of these clubs, you can't represent your national team in the world cup or the Euro cup, wow. which is a huge, huge yeah. blow to a player. They're like, uh, actually I want that more than any, more than I want to play for a club. Yeah. I can play for any club. I can't rep. I can only represent my country in one way. So I don't know. Chaos I feel like you. this and Formula One will be the two sports that are played on Elysium. Like after the all the rich people have just like left, like literally left the planet. Oh yeah, on Formula, the Mars Grand Prix. Formula <laughs> One is totally gonna be the one we find out is like all a front for like child sex trafficking. <laughs> right, right. Truly, uh, they're like all that infrastructure being shipped around the Earth. Everyone just going to like the weirdest resort towns. Uh, in the fanciest yacht places. Right. And right, yeah. <laughs> and then spending like more money than NASA on each car to like just get it to rocket around the the course like as fast as possible and like half like most people aren't really paying attention only fans are. And uh America just learned it existed because of that yeah. Netflix show. <laughs> because of, let let's be uh -huh. honest, because of super producer Alan Hosny. Yeah. Uh, who is yeah. the right. number right. one F one evangelist uh out there right now. Team principal for Zeitgang Racing. <laughs> she got me into it by explaining that they're all like insane divas. Yeah. Yeah, and totally. That's, yeah, I mean uh, when you're about to crash in at two hundred miles an hour, why not be a little catty? They're so catty and they're yeah. like, I have to be the fastest. <laughs> it's also like if the t if team sports had the same uh, sort of like ego distribution as like a rock band where like the lead yeah. singer is just like it's, so right, right, right. far and above like everybody else. And it's just like, well, this is going to team gonna sports suck. where like you're also fighting everyone on your own team. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, that's, mercenary. That's why yeah. Americans would like it, though, because it's all yeah. like you, me. you, you, me. Got to go fast. The fact that it hasn't taken off in America, where it, it just seems like it's so perfectly designed for Americans. It's just classy NASCAR, right? That's right. Yeah. It, because we have NASCAR, that's why nobody gives a shit about it. I guess. But they're you know much. It, yeah, they're much funnier than NASCAR drivers. NASCAR drivers are like not charismatic to me personally. Right. Also, in general, I'm like, you're not doing it. The car's doing it. You're just in the car. It's like Ooh. a jockey. 
you know? There you go. Wow. So you feel that way about F1 drivers too? Yeah, for sure. The car, it's all just like, oh, whoever spends the most money on the car wins. Yeah, and the end of the day, that will separate people because a lot of them are like, well, if I had Lewis Hamilton's car, yeah, that's like I all they talk about. Win. It's like, oh, like we don't have enough as much money as Ferrari, so like Ferrari won. And then again, and ain't that the tail of the earth? Right? Oh, you can't afford it, huh? Right, right. Well, oh, I guess you're left behind, bitch. Oh. Bye. <laughs> More money equals better than. <laughs> mm-hmm. Woo. All right. Well, let's uh, talk briefly about an indie film that uh, <laughs> we've been buzzing about. You know, uh, F1, obviously something that has been influential behind the scenes on the the Zeitgeist team. But also this new uh, small flick that just came out was years in the making, uh, almost like what was that Boyhood was the yeah. uh, Linklater movie. Yeah, it's like Boyhood, except uh, none of the time spent behind the scenes uh, is evident on on the screen. But so this movie is called Roe v. Wade, baby. It is by the looks of the poster, it is a disaster movie. It's yeah. It looks like it's takes place on a fallen post lapsarian hell earth. Uh, Roe v. Wade. What when like abortion has uh cleared the earth of all its population. Um, but it's, it's got, actually like, even nine eleven vibes too. Yeah, yeah, because there's like twin tower kind of hulking structures in the foreground but it's a history it's a it's it tells you the history you didn't know about how roe v wade it so let, let's just start with who created this uh it was originally supposed to star uh and like he was just starring and producing this guy nick Loeb, um who you might have heard of uh because he was sued by sofia vergara over her frozen embryos they had like used IVF to conceive and had previously broken up. She broke up with him after uh, he tagged along with her to a he White House sucks. event. Sucks. He's the worst yeah. person. He invented. He's like maybe a rich kid. He has oh, a brand sure. of like onion crunch. Onion crunch, like fried onions that you put on salads. That, that I he remember brought that was to a meeting thing. with the Obamas. Uh, or brought to, uh, like, he got to go with her to the White House and took a picture with the Obamas and tagged the uh, picture with his condiment that he, the onion crunch condiment that he's uh, trying to hawk. Yeah, and he so sucks. she broke up and with him. She and broke up with like, him and she upgraded to uh, Joe Manganiello, the Armenian stallion from uh, the Magic Mike movies and mm-hmm. uh, True Blood and some other stuff. And they're just like, two hotties yeah the most well-matched couple of all time so <laughs> right uh no wonder no wonder her ex is is butthurt is, yeah is jealous to the point of launching a a lawsuit that didn't have any chance of going anywhere but it did get him uh some coverage from the right on the like from the standpoint of like he's fighting for men's rights when it comes to uh conception and he was like we did ivf she has control over these i I don't know like zygotes and he is like now like they're mine i should have i should have the right to like bring this baby to term and or bring these like children to term and it just was a fucking mess and the court was like get the fuck out of here so anyways the production was a lie the whole time to the point that he ended up having to direct it because like the director didn't know what it was about until 
like they were days away from shooting and they read the script and they were like, oh, oh, this is completely bonkers and just a a giant lie and left the project. So this person had to direct it uh, to solve uh, that problem and the problem that like other uh, actors kept like fleeing the, <laughs> the set and being like, yeah, sorry, we're out. This is a nightmare. Uh, the producers- stars John Voight. Yes. And Stacey Dash. Mm-hmm. And Blossom's Joey Lawrence, who apparently has oh uh, migrated to the right. Oh, in that's not surprising, of... but also sad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just he, you know, in the absence of relevance, uh, that tends to be like the gravitational and pull. He, he, he like drove a hard bargain to be in that film, I heard too. He wanted right. to be called Whoa V. Wade. And it didn't happen, but he still did it. But, you know, credit to his agent. He tried. He really tried. Also, how do you, how do you, how do you take a director gig and you don't know what the fuck you're shooting? Did they, was it that they showed them one script that they agreed to? And they're like, we made some alterations days before shooting. Sorry, I'm just still laughing about how you walked us into that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this whole segment was written by Miles just as a lead to that joke. We don't, we have nothing else to say about this. See, what happens when I say things, I make jokes in front of Her Majesty and she rolls her eyes and says, that's stupid. And I go, watch this. I'm going to write a whole piece. in the show and they won't even know <laughs> but the producers began withholding scripts and changing around the dialogue until the cameras were about to well, roll so people uh, wouldn't have a chance to bail. i don't understand though because people an early draft this is an early draft apparently included margaret sanger the founder of planned parenthood portrayed as a kkk sympathizer right although she was kind of problematic she kind of was but they sh- <laughs> they showed a cross burning oh wow so again, I'm just like, did somebody read the script and be like, oh yeah, that sounds that sounds normal. I should do that. <laughs> right. Jamie uh Kennedy was in like it plays a huge role in the movie. And he kind of got grilled about that and in a really ridiculous interview where he was like, Well, you know, I believe in free speech. And I didn't know what the thing was, what exactly was the happening. The Jamie Kennedy experiment was really all about protecting free speech. and uh... Right. You, you've <laughs> always said that, Molly. Um, but he was pressed by the uh, interviewer who was like, I feel like if someone popped in on Triumph of the Will, I would probably assume that they don't like Jews very much. Bringing it back to the torch relay. Yeah, yeah Triumph exactly. Triumph of the Will. Girl boss Lenny Riefenstahl. Fucking hate that. <laughs> Fucking yeah. hate her. Oh, yeah. Well, they love to show the one, like, photo of her, like, cringing, uh, like, in front of those nuts. Like, you see, she did. She, she oh, was, Lenny Riefenstahl? She, no, yeah. she's a... She's and a, you're like, nah, okay. She's a straight you, up girl boss. But people do use her to be like, look, a woman director. And it's like, right. well, she's a Nazi, y'all. <laughs> Don't be the person who sells out to the Nazis. Right. It's like... Girl boss, girl bossin'. <laughs> also, Prime for the Will is just boring. They show it in film school a lot, but it's boring and it sucks, much like I imagine Roe v. Wade, the movie to be. Right. They just had like a bunch of slow motion images of people and they were like slow motion and their brains exploded. And that was, yeah. 
But yeah, so our writer Jam describes it as like an Expendables movie, but instead of old action stars, it's real life dirtbags and then cameos featuring like Tommy Lauren, Mike Lindell, yeah. Roger Stone, My- Milo. Milo Yiannopoulos. I'm sad that Steve Gutenberg's in this. I wanted better yeah, for him. Yeah, that is me too. <laughs> Wait, is he really in it? Yeah. Yep. What the f- I mean, whatever. What are you going to do? Did the Stonecutters get him that gig from the <laughs> Simpsons episode? Yes. I don't know that reference. Because they said who, like, there's a joke about who gives Steve Gutenberg a career. We do. We <laughs> do. Remember that one? Who rigs every That's Oscar That's right. Night? That's right. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm old. Gotta go. Anyways, the they never paid most of the actors. It's a complete nightmare. And uh, I'm sure right wing people will be pushing it as like the next great film kind of got to so see it though right kind of i think um, i think we do after yeah. outsider <laughs> film yeah i I, it and said it was... I like to see some of those right wing outsider films you know what i do really want to see is steve mnuchin's wife's movie yeah i hear that is bonkers yeah. wait which I one's heard... her was she got uh, cruella deville got a movie yeah 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 she made a movie about like a like being a sexy mysterious lady it's like American Psycho, but she's like mixed with joy, I guess, that like where she's a type A personality. But but it's like writ, uh, American Psycho, if it was written by somebody who didn't know that Patrick Bateman was supposed to be bad in that. Uh, me, it's called Me, You, Madness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the... Well, I actually haven't seen the trailer for that. Did you, uh, did you guys... Oh, we just enjoyed we it. Ju- I, I don't... It's called Me You Madness. Okay. Um, and she's like a hedge fund. It's so ridiculous. It's like it's like the most masturbatory thing I've ever seen. Like knowing okay. that she wrote and directed and stars in it. And it's you just think she like, had any funding help from No, her, her, her yeah. husband was the fucking secretary of the church. <laughs> <laughs> what the wild. fuck? I mean, now when you see, when you search Steve Mnuchin, you know what comes up? Film producer. Hey, well, I think he did pro- like he's produced some respectable movies along the way. No, but I mean, like I think he's managed to or manage his SEO. So rather than oh, being right. like you know Trump boot throater, he's wow. a film producer. <laughs> Steve Turner Mnuchin is an American investment banker and film producer who served as the 77th United States Secretary of Treasury. Right, so, man. yeah, number two on the list of reasons you might be looking for Stephen <laughs> information on him is, <laughs> what's his film game like these days? 100%. Uh, uh, his vision has always fascinated me. Wow. So what the, the premise is that she's just, like, hyper-successful and... She's addicted to success. Yeah. And murder. And sex. Wait. What? And it's like all these like shots basically Toxic cocktail. She's like in a, a jazz aerobics bike class with glowy aesthetic. It's just all over the place. It all right. it's really uh We're gonna watch else. it. We're gonna yeah. watch it. Yeah. For next year next year's four twenty episode, we should just watch <laughs> a movie <laughs> instead of yeah. just be so bummed out. <laughs> just being really bummed out. <laughs> Well, Molly, it's been a pleasure, as always, having you. Where can Thanks people so much. find you, follow you, hear you? You can find me at, at Molly Lambert on Twitter, uh, Molly underscore Lambert on Instagram, 
and I am on Chief Stew's Deckheads spinoff podcast and Twitch show with Anna Hosnia every Tuesday night on twitch.tv forward slash Deckheads pod uh, at 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday nights, and then you can watch it whenever. Boom, boom. Yeah, yo. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? I enjoy all the national park Instagrams a lot. Mm. Uh, as the world reopens a little bit and we can maybe do things again, I want to go go to some national parks. That's, mm. uh, what's a what's a what's a new national park that you're like? Ooh, I see ooh, you. Ooh, there's one that's like Big Bend. I think Ow. it's Oregon. Okay, in Bend, uh, it Oregon. Looks really cool. They all look really cool. Isn't Bend, Oregon also the site of the last uh, blockbuster in America? Well, we got to go. Oh, my God. There it is. Yeah. There it yeah. is. Come on. Making a trip. The edge of, the edge of society. <laughs> Bend, Oregon. We're going to start our 1999 commune. Right. Which yeah. is, exactly um, there. Right. My idea for a pre-Y2K commune where technology ends at 1999. And, oh, wow. And uh, everything's good. I always want to do a dance night like at, you know, one of these clubs in L.A. that's called September 10th, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's all Miles, new metal. <laughs> my uh, my worldview is so post 9-11, though. I don't know if I'd be able to, like, get down, <laughs> you know. Christ. People always say that about me, but I'm, like, uh, intensely post 9 Post 9 <laughs> 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 Miles, where can people find you? Let's tweet you. Twitter, doing? Instagram, at Miles of Gray. Also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. And what better day than today, Tuesday, to go look at us, 420 Day Fiance, 420. I don't know, was it twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance? Everybody's on you, Twitch. You? Man, that's where all the kids are at. Um, mm-hmm. Now, let's see some tweets that I like. First tweet I like is from at Mina Lioness. It says, it's a photo of this woman with just like their mouth agape with just like, Huh? huh? And the tweet says, "Baby's born during the lockdown, realizing more than seven people exist in the world." <laughs> Which is true because <laughs> oh yeah, that's I hear that all the time real. from people with younger kids. It's like they can see the difference in some of their kids who have just been babies without a year of like very minimal new people coming by and things like that. So yeah, I get that. I get the. I see the baby struggle of new faces, new places. Um, my three year old uh, over the speaking of babies, my three year old over the weekend, we were at a like little park area playing around a box, like just this wooden box. And this baby like kind of was holding itself up. And I was like, oh, this baby is so cute. And my three year old said, uh, and I quote, that baby's not cute. That baby is disgusting uh, in like within earshot <laughs> of the parents. He's never said disgusting before. I don't know. He like overheard me say it about food or something. Um, but yeah, so he's got a lot to learn about being oh around uh, strangers <laughs> or just the existence. Of this baby is disgusting. That baby's not yo, cute. Yo, that baby is disgusting. Oh, easy, easy. I was Whoa. like, yo. That's worse than fuck? saying, yo, that baby's a fucking herb. Like, yeah. that's somehow yeah. saying disgusting. <laughs> Describing so a baby as disgusting is so aggressive. Wow. Uh, baby on universe baby brain. Like, yeah. I don't like Just that. Galaxy brain. What? Sorry, I interrupted you. You were going to do another one? Oh, shit. I got so I got so blown away by that baby is disgusting. Yeah, it completely threw me off. <laughs> another one's from Jeffrey Wright. Uh, it's a clip about this woman who is outside just t- on some, like, anti-mask Karen COVID shit. 
And she's like, I'm a Christian woman. I don't need to do anything. And then out of nowhere, the cops just have, they're just like, okay, you have to leave now. And like, they're trying to usher out. And, but his thing is she was talking about the CDC, but as soon as she says it, apparently that's when like, they're like, okay, we're off this. Like you need to leave. He says she was just about to drop some CDC knowledge. Damn. Uh, Cause it really felt like that's where that clip was going. <laughs> and then the last one uh, from uh, Kev Chestnut, it's actually from a, Quote tweeting from at Brother HQ saying, one year ago today, sports fans finally had something uh, to watch as the last dance premiered on ESPN. What was the best thing you learned from the temp part, Doc? And he just put a Ooh. picture of Michael Jordan going, and I took that personally. Because <laughs> uh, I do feel that may be the, may be the thing that the left. Vindictiveness is the greatest force in yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah. See a tweet I've been enjoying. Uh, Whitmer Thomas tweeted this like, PSA drawing of like it I I had seen it before it's like a pregnant woman and you can see the baby in her belly and she's smoking a cigarette and then like to make the point that whatever you do to your own body it's happening to the baby in her belly the baby's also smoking a cigarette and then there's another one with a mom, with a pregnant mom drinking a beer and in her belly the baby's drinking a beer and he tweeted is this a thing about how coolness runs in the family <laughs> uh uh, which is just a perfect seventh grade uh, health class uh, comment. Anyways, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, yeah. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might want to check out. Miles, what song are we recommending today? Uh, this is a remix by Mad Lib from uh, the Mad Lib Invades Blue Note album. And it's a remix of Stormy. Uh, you know, a lot of people know the song, but it's the Morgan Adams Quartet Plus 2. But, you know, flipped, flipped with just the flipped skill and the mastery of Mad Lib. Uh, and it's really great. Just some old, you know, head nod. Boom, bap. There you go. I love a flip it uh, song. Love it a flip as it. Much as, yes, indeed. Almost as much as I love when there's like a, when a song skips and someone yells remix uh, out, <laughs> so out really loud. That's my move. Uh, anyways, wow. the Daily Zyka is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. 